people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time and as usual welcome back to another edition of the deluded podcast the dg podcast the really and truly podcast whatever you want to refer to it as i don't care just as long as you're consistently you know taking me in as usual please make sure you're following me on spotify apple and whatever streaming platforms can't imagine you don't know already, but you know the bulk of the work is done on YouTube, Deluded Guna 04. If all of this is going over your head, check out the description of this podcast because all information, better yet, necessary information is there. So yeah, like I said, people, good morning to those of you in the UK at the time of making this video. It's 6.30, I said video, podcast, I mean, it's 6.30 a.m., it's Friday you know, like I said, good morning, appropriate greetings according to whoever you are, wherever you are in this world and whatever time zone you're currently in and simply put time of day. But, you know, it's Friday. I hope you've all had a decent week. Not Spurs fans. I hope on a serious note, I hope you've all had a good a good week. I hope, you've, you know, you've all moved towards your goals. I hope you're all waking up or engaging on a Friday with a sense of accomplishment that cast yourself back a week ago. You're closer to whatever dreams, hopes, goals and aspirations you have. You know, if we're not trying to grow in life, then we're doing, what are we doing here? But yeah, like I said, I hope you're doing well and safe. I'm definitely still in high spirits, you know, even though Arsenal did, um, lost to Olympiacos yesterday, you know, our North London rivals, fellow North Londoners, managed to find a way to embarrass to embarrass North London even more and kind of make us not a talking point because we was already through. Now, obviously, I, I listen, Europe has been... European better yet, European action has been the theme of the week, like for me we're going to get into the champs, you know Pep doing his thing, obviously Real Madrid going through, Bayern Munich grass is green, all of these sort of things people, couple of other talking points and, and things like that but I'm not going to lie to you I want to start with the Europa League because I feel that's where the drama's gone people, first and foremost, you know, let me run through the scores in case you haven't, you're not in, you're not, you're not in the know and I'll do this for the Champions League as well but I can't imagine you don't know, but starting with it, you know, while Arsenal are through 3-2 on aggregate, we lost at the Emirates 1-0 to Olympiacos. So Arsenal won, um, Arsenal nil, apologies, Olympiacos won. Dynamo Zagreb obviously came back from behind and smacked up Spurs at their place. You know, Dynamo 3, Spurs nil, and they advanced 3-2 on aggregate. Molder defeated Granada two goals to one. However, yesterday, however, it wasn't enough as Granada still go through three two on aggregate. Um, you know, Shakhtar Donetsk versus Roma, no surprises there. While yesterday was a close encounter in which Roma won two one, the aggregate scoreline is five one in Roma's favour. Um, Villarreal, you know, business as usual, de defeated Dynamo Kiev two nil. And Uno Emre's man men with a four nil aggregate lead advanced to the next round. As you look saw. AC Milan lost 1-0 to Manchester United. Paul Pogba, super sub, scored in a matter of minutes. You know, terrible defending from AC Milan, but he, you know, it is it is what it is. And it, it's written in the stars, really. I know Bruno Fernandes has technically played in Italy. I'm sure if I thought about it, a couple of other United players probably fall under that category. But obviously, we know Pogba's historic Italian ties. I'm sure his Juventus teammates and him, there was a bit of fire with scoring that goal. And I think he's only scored one domestic league goal prior against AC Milan. So he popped up. Um, who knows, he might be returning to Italy or Spain or staying in United, depending on what article you read about Paul Pogba. But go, I'm going off topic there. As I said, Manchester United won AC Milan nil. Manchester United win 2-1 on aggregate. Young boys lost 2-0 to Ajax and lose the aggregate two-legged tie 5-0. You've got Slavia Prague, two Rangers nil. And Slavia have um, 
advanced uh, on aggregate three goals to one. And that's actually where I want to start. You know, obviously, I can talk about the football. You know, it's been, it was an entertaining game across both legs. Obviously, there was two red cards um, and things like that. A bit of a Kalam Tafkul from um, from Kamar Roof on the goalie. Um, you know, he got um, he got to get sent off within six minutes of coming on. It's been a bad day at the office for Gerard. You know, is his name Abdullah Sima, the 19-year-old. He's been linked with Arsenal over these two legs against Rangers. I think he's done very well and I'm sure there'll be interest of him. Now, I want to sit here and talk about the game from a footballing point of view, people. But the reason I'm starting with this game, because I'm pretty sure if you was watching the game, if you're seeing it on social media, former Arsenal player Glenn Kamara, who's done quite well for himself since leaving Arsenal, going Dundee, you know, going Rangers and playing in the, in Europa, you know, this was a fantastic clash between two sides. Sadly, he was the victim of racial abuse. Now, in relation to what derogatory term he was referred to, I as I don't know, but you can see the footage him actually shouting racist, racist, racist. And I'm not going to bore you lot and I'm sure you lot are bored. You know, I don't want to sit here and say racism is bad. We know the UEFA are going to go on this Kumbaya stuff. We know nothing is going to happen. It is what it is, people. What I will say, you know, the person who abused Glenn Kamara, you're a coward, you're a pussy hope, pardon my language, because you wouldn't say it if there were, you know, if you could throw fish, you wouldn't say it. If you have to result, resort to getting onto someone's skin colour, it shows you how small you are as a person and it shows how stupid your brain cells are really and truly you know and at the end of the day you're out like I mean what's it Rangers might be going out but I'm pretty sure your wife is probably feeling the kid in, in relation to Glenn Kamara Glenn Kamara I'm pretty sure over them sort of countries there them sort of sides there black man come like a commo commodity and you know what they say once you go mm -mm, you never go back but on a serious note racism has no place it's atrocious I don't want to bore you lot with that and what what's funny is you know the guy I just said had a good game over the two legs Simmer forgive me for mispronunciations what color is he you know so what does that tell him you know and for him I hope it tells him that that country the, the club your teammates don't be under any, and this goes for everyone, don't be under any illusion what people truly think of you because when men are angry, it is what it is. And, and big, no, listen, I'm not going to big up Gerard for speaking about racism in a minute because it doesn't matter if you're black, white, whatever. Speaking about injustice shouldn't be praised in the sense of it should be, it's the right thing to do. But with with that being said, big up Gerard as well because he, you know, he, I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about the football because there's a lot to speak on. But I like the way he, he didn't hold back of sorts. He, he spoke up the things really and he said, um, and the disappointing thing is that their people are trying to defend their players and calling us liars. I feel angry. I know Glenn and trust him 100%. The Slavio player has caused this and something needs to happen quickly, but that is above me. What hap whatever happens, I stand next to Glenn. I don't even feel like talking about football just now. It's over to your way for now. And I just hope it doesn't get pushed under the carpet. Gerard, you know 100% is pushed under the carpet. They might get a little fine. We'll get another say no to racism. You know, the club will say they stand against the fight of racism, be a little kumbaya, and then it's happening again. You know, it's happening again. It doesn't matter if you're playing this team, teams in England, it is what it is. And I'll say to anybody that's, you know, in, in the sort of home nations like myself in UK, I know they're going to look at that and condemn it, but I'm pretty sure, you know, we need to look at closer to home and it's upsetting, you know. It doesn't matter where people play. It's like just the other day, Renato Sanchez, Sanchez, he's lucky, they're lucky, sorry, I can't remember the team's name, but he was playing in France and he spoke about how fans were telling him to pick cotton and stuff. You know, they're just trying to make you feel small at the end of the day. You know, he, for some reason, he's jealous of you. Like I said, it's probably because of his wife, but, you know, 
Black is beautiful, so stand strong, Glenn Kamara. And it's sad, but you know, there's more of this, unfortunately, to come probably for Glenn Kamara and several others. Nothing's going to get done. Probably here there's a lack of evidence. It'll be a little slap on the wrist. Fine. Nothing is going to happen, really and truly. So there's no point really me putting my stress about it. But it's upsetting that this has become the thing, people. Um, Gerard went on to ask, he said that he asked Kamara at the side of the pitch if he wanted to continue or walk off. He said to me after the game he wasn't thinking straight, he wanted to carry on, he was obviously upset. And to be honest, you can't tell anyone how to react because a man's emotions must be all over the place. You know, it's a high intensity game, let alone your skin colour. It's upsetting and it's upsetting that in a day, in a podcast where, you know, we can. I, I just want to speak about Spurs going out. We can talk about Arsenal. Pogba's come and done his thing. You know, Pep Guardiola and Manchester City. I'm having to spend the opening period speaking about this. It's unfortunate, but it's going to happen. And I'd say the thing that kills me, you know, obviously there's a lot of people who, who are affected by racism, but specific to my own kind and, and, and something I can really only talk on myself because I've got direct experiences as a black man. It's upsetting, man. It's up. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. There's like, there's no need for it, fam. Like, why do people hate black skin so much, fam? Like, well, what's going on? Like, what's what's the problem? Like, out of all the things you could have called Glamara, you could have called Glen Kamara, big head, you big nose, shit footballer. But you're the first thing man draw for is the skin colour thing. And then they'll say they don't see colour. And that's something that happens in England, you know, as well. I'm not going to sit here and lie. England are irrelevant to the, this actual thing at hand. But everybody says they don't see colour and this and that until it's time to call someone a fucking black cunt. Pardon my language. I'm speaking like this specifically because you need to hear the rawness. That's something I've been called. Now, I, I've been, you know, sadly, like everybody, I've been racially abused on a number of occasions. Now, I will say, fortunately... You know, the some the time somebody called me the the see you next Tuesday got a punch in the in the mouth. The the the, the time somebody called it called me an N word, I got it cracking on the train. And you know, I, listen, using your fist isn't always the answer. But for me, when it comes to racism, there's nothing that's going to stop it in it. There's nothing like it's mad. If Glenn Kamara boned out and banged him and punched him in his face, I'm pretty sure my man would have got an eight month ban. But this racism thing's a slap on the wrist. His club's going to come out and and defend him. You know, birds of a feather flock together. And I would say, as much as I'm hurt for Kamara, it's Abdullah Simar and you know I don't know I'm not going to sit here and say I know Slavia's whole team but it's the other black players because you know you might be thinking these are your guys they're cool guys but now things like this show you what man's really on really and truly I remember in the workplace at one, like, I must have been like 17 um, no racism but I used to think couple guys were cool guys this and that and then certain things come out or you hear certain views and you see what they're really on. You know what they really think, you know. And the thing with the SEMA guy, I hope, they look, I hope they're not looking at you as, yeah, you're not like the rest of them. You're not one of the others. And it's upsetting. And the, I want him to get out of that country quicker than, you, quicker than normal, man. You know, he's playing well. He's been linked with clubs. He's been linked with Arsenal. Hopefully they make a move for Donny because it's a disgrace. They're a disgrace to their country. They're a disgrace to the fellow man on their country. They're a disgrace to the league they're representing. My man's a, a disgrace to him himself twat but listen i don't even want to focus on that like i said it all was terrible for rangers really and truly because you know you had, you had up the racism they had seven shots one on target you know two red cards you know it was it it was a wrap in it it was a wrap for it was a wrap for rangers really and truly and what's been an entertaining game over two legs rangers have just come up short and you know it could have it, it has still been a special season for rangers don't get it twisted they're league champions and whatnot you know Gerard done his thing, but it could have been an extra sort of cherry on the on top of the cake, seeing how far you can go part of me, within the Europa League. But it wasn't meant to be, people. It was an entertaining two-legged clash, you know. 
it is what it is in, in that regards, people. So, yeah, man, we've spent an unnecessary, unhealthily amount of time on that. Let's keep moving. Let's move on to stuff that we can, you know, speak about from a footballing point of view. Tottenham are, Tottenham are out, people. Spurs are out. To dare is to do. You're not going through. You know, it's dead. You know, it is terrible. You know, I heard... To dare is to do exciting times. I heard, you know, that they, 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 we this is the wrong time to play Spurs. They've hit form at the right time, you know. Yeah, right, mate. Yeah, right. You know, shout out to Robbie Burton, former Gunas, part of that Dynamo team. Shout out to Dynamo, man to a man. You know, it's been it's it's been it must have been. Listen, I'm not in Croatia. I don't know what's going on, but it must have been a crazy week, as you lot have seen. You know. Their manager, who was there in the first leg, is now sitting in jail, obviously because of some fraud case and things like that. So technically, there's no manager. The team's gone all over the place. But listen, I, I will get on to Spurs. But when teams, when results like this happen, I think it's unfair that we always lean towards the the team that's on the negative side of the upset sort of thing. Like you know, we're gonna we know Spurs were bad. We know Spurs didn't take their chances. We know they lacked fight. We know they've lacked hunger. We know there's several things. And don't get twisted. As an Arsenal fan, we're gonna 100% get into it. I don't, I ain't missing out on none of that, people. But um, I think it's unfair to focus on that and not give homage to Dynamo and what Dynamo Zagreb were on. You know, at the end of the day, they had to overcome a 2-0 deficit and they scored three goals, people. Three goals late on as well. Obviously, the third came in extra time. You know, obviously, they scored two to take it there. And, you know, two goals courtesy of Olek in the second half, people. Um, Osik, sorry, I can't say his name. Osik, you know, half an hour apart between the two the two goals. You know, he struck in the 62nd and 82nd minute. And all his goals were a mad you know two of the three goals at least you know he banged it from outside the area well two at least one to the near post and then one was a, an absolute rocket the first one I think was an absolute rocket you know oh fantastic hat trick from my man really and truly and you know he's you know we need to give him a guard of honour at, 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 in North London really and truly man in fact in London all other fellow London clubs West Ham Palace Chelsea shout me let's all let's all link up because Dynamo gave us the banter people you know shout out to Dynamo because they outdone Spurs then you know you know they both had the same shots on target um um, Dynamo had 21 to Spurs is 18 of course there were some nervous moments like Kane should have scored and it was off the line but you know you need belief this is what it, this is what I mean when I say football isn't one on paper. You need belief. They could have said, "Ah, oh, we're out. We're playing Spurs. Harry Kane, this and that is two 0 They said, "No, nah, f that. We're putting in a performance. We're going down fighting. Well, you know." And they fought man to a man. Yeah, there were some heart and mouth moments. I'm sure we all were, Zy uh, were Dynamo Kiev, uh, Dynamo Zagreb. Sorry, fans. Um, for that 90 minutes, I definitely was when I came in around the 70th minute mark. Obviously, Arsenal were playing. 70th, 90th minute mark, um, extra time really, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm lying to you, like extra time, that's when I really, you know, because the Arsenal game was done and we all felt nervous at times, you did kind of feel Spurs could somehow scumbag a goal but like I said, man to a man, Dynamo Zagreb and their manager, tactics, fighting, belief, everything was there and they deserved it, they played Spurs off the park, they outmatched them in every department, they looked like the Premier League team, Spurs looked like, you know, Spurs didn't even look like part-timers and what I will say with Spurs, listen, I enjoy digging out Spurs paws um, at any occasion, you know, I definitely, listen, I'm a troll people, the last two days, the last week, I've seen Spurs go out to Dynamo Zagreb, I've seen Arsenal beat them, do you know how much verbal I've been giving my friends that support Spurs? But as much as I revel in it and I love it, you know, when I look beyond that and look at it on a serious note, it's hard, it's difficult for me. 
And this even Spurs, it's difficult for me really to take pride in it because I feel sorry for fans. I feel sorry for fans because the first thing is, no matter how much they get stressed and get angry, F all you can do about it. You don't manage the club, you don't own the club, you don't play for the club. But, you know, you, you, you get any, any, anything, can, you know, if, if Dynamo, take nothing away from the Dynamo game, like I said, people, they were quality, they did their thing. And if you lost, if under those, you know, if you was good and you lost to Dynamo by that occasion and it was written in the, in the stars that they were to do that, then you can be disappointed, but it is what it is. They played well. Take nothing away from Dynamo, but Spurs didn't play well. You know, Spurs didn't play well. So the fans can't say, fair enough, you lost to the better team. You, you know, you didn't kill the game over the first leg. You made the second leg harder than it needs to be. You know, for me, based on what I've seen, it only looked like Lucas Moore and a couple handful of players were trying, you know. Ndombele poor, Kane poor, Bale poor, and the whole team poor. I'm naming a couple of names, but poor, sluggish, nervous, not taking chances. The, the quality of chances created, you know, no bottle, no desire, hiding, hiding behind other players you know are going to get scapegoated. I see this all at Arsenal and I see it all at this North London club. It's a disgrace, you know, and you can't see a way out for Spurs because, again, you can't, you know, you can't sack Jose. Well, you can, but you need a plan. There's no break clause on his contract. We all know how much it costs to take Jose and he is well paid and you're going to have to pay off his coaching stuff as well as pay whatever new manager comes in and his coaching staff and also this new manager is going to need his own squad I know Ndombele has come back into the team but what if the new manager says I don't want Ndombele I don't want this I don't want that and you know the Spurs squad is shit in my opinion you know Doherty's managed to fraud it he's an Arsenal fan that probably said cause to not buy him he's managed to fraud it you know Davidson Sanchez like bro I don't know he's, he's he just gets worse and worse with every game Dyer's not on nothing absolute miracle how he's in the England team Lamena, you know, hot, you know, not there. And what I will say about these Spurs, even Regulon, when he come off the bench, you know, Regulon was dead off the bench. Lacelso tried, but it was dead. And Dombile was dead. You know, it was tired. You know, all these guys were tired off the bench. It was just, it was poor. <clears throat> what I will say as well, for the players, you know, shout out to Loris for coming and talking about it. But you know, like like Arsenal, you see players chatting. I see the Spurs players doing the Instagrams, doing the Twitters, talking about we're fighting, we're doing this. You're not doing that, you know. I'm, listen, I enjoy Spurs losing, of course. I'm not on their side. Do not ever get it twisted. But I have, I get frustrated when players do this chatting thing. I think it's like life now, you know. Players get a kick, you know. You know, in a, in a, it, players, it's, it or it must be like players feel like they're doing something well, or they're actually doing what they're saying, or they get some sort of kick out of tweeting. It's a bit like the performative stuff. Whenever you see something, you know, sadly, some act of terror or something in life. I'm not saying not to do it, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that will do say my thoughts and prayers are with them, but they're not. They haven't actually prayed. You know, they just feel good about tweeting that whatever hormones are released in their body for feeling good is great and they turn it off. I feel that I feel footballers do that a lot as well. You know, they tweet, we're trying hard, we're doing this, we're doing that to the point where you believe you're doing that because you've made that tweet, but you're not because there's no hiding place on the football field. And I would say moments like this, Spurs players individually, you need to remember how good you are and where you are, are because I do think there's an air of complacency there. You know, all of these players, when they were winning, quick to talk about, yeah, um, Jose's Jose's found something for us, and you know, um, you know, he's taught us how to win, and all of these things. He haven't, he hasn't, you know, because he can't do it alone. As poor as Jose is, and all the question marks you can ask of him, it's terrible from Spurs. Absolute terrible. I love it. Don't get it twisted. I love it. You know, to dare is to do. That's not to dare at all. You know, special times building at Spurs. Spurs hitting form at the right time. And this is what I was saying in a couple podcasts before. You know, 
not to say this is about Arsenal, but this I said it in the previews, and you lot, some of you got on to me. When Arsenal, and I draw them out, when Arsenal won their three games, take nothing away from Chelsea, fair enough, you beat Brighton and you beat West Brom. And man was saying they're back, they've turned a quarter, this, that and the other. I said, hold on a minute, what's going on? So I found it very hard to believe when Spurs coming into the game against Arsenal, they won, what, three, maybe four games on the trot. The same rhetoric was said and the same logic was said. And even sometimes the result is flattering them, you know. They're battering teams in the second half, like Palace. But they went into half-time at 1-1. Lo and behold, you're seeing performances like this. Football fans in general love false images and false narratives. And there's no substitute for hard work, you know. Do I think the Spurs players care? Of course. Do I think they wanted to lose? Of course not. But I always I say it with Arsenal and I have to say it with Spurs. Just, are you doing everything you need to do when the cameras are off? You know, it's all good slapping the chest, um, slapping your chest and kissing the badge and running about when the fans are on. But when you're at Hotspur away, are you really working in training? You know, and for Jose Mourinho, whatever you men are working at, at Enfield in the week, it's not working. It's not working because you look like among the one thing I can blame for Spurs look like they're lacking ideas, man. Look like they don't know what to do. Look like they were shell shocked. And as well, these players, you weren't going there to do a professional job. You thought the game was already done. You thought that you just have to go through the motions. So again, complacency. And both North London clubs are the victim of that. You know, fortunately, we had a handbrake up because we won the first game, but it's not good enough. And this is why both teams and all these teams that are underperforming, there's always themes. Jose Mourinho drew, drew people out and he's, you know, if I was one of them, them Spurs players, it would make me question where I'm going with my life. He apologised to Spurs fans and he said his, his players failed at the basics of life. He said, Dynamo left... Sweat, energy and blood. In the end, they left even tears of happiness. They were very humble and committed. I have to praise them. And what can you say? You know, they're, they're, they've done the impossible relatively, you know. Like he said, you know, the, 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 the Dynamo have better players than Spurs. I'm sure a couple of them can probably talk to Spurs players, but generally, no. You know, is Spurs the bigger team? No, not for me, but in terms of Premier League, yeah. Um, Every reason as to why Dynamo could go out, you know, they messed up by themselves in the first leg, but they focused on that one reason as to why they could go through. And you saw togetherness, even the coaching staff, you saw what it meant. You know, the manager, the manager that's in jail is probably using his eight minutes on the phone to coach that, you know, how you got beat by someone that's on the wing. I don't know, people. And his canteen sheet's going to be full. That manager probably doesn't even know the result until the screws bust open his door today and things like that. He probably has to wait for it in the paper. He's probably listening on the radio. Um, he's in there for through then you lot can go and check that out but going on with Jose he said on the other side my team I repeat my team didn't look like it was playing an important match if of if if for any of them it is not important for me it is I'm disappointed for a difference of attitude of one team to another I feel sorry that my team is the team that didn't bring to the game not just the basics of football but the basics of life which I you know blood sweat desire you know, all those things, you know, I read that as discipline and all of those sort of positive adjectives. Um, he said, um, but he said, but the basis of life, which is to respect our jobs and to give everything. And that's true. Respect your job. You're a footballer. Play like a football. Leave it all on the ring. Run your body into the ground. You know, it seemed like a couple of those players thought we just got to get through this. We got whoever on the weekend. We're doing this. We're doing that. And now you're pissed because, you know. You've got to play City in the final now. Finals are final. Upsets are there to be happened. If anyone's able to beat Pep Guardiola and Twang a Ting, it'd probably be Jose Mourinho and his tactics. But you're going against a City team that's that keep talking about this quadruple and playing like it. You know, you're out of the Europa League. Top four, mathematically it's possible, but it's a reach. You know, 
no prospect of no Europe at all. And as, as a team like Arsenal, as much as people say that could be a good thing, you've got to remember the financial implications that could have. And for a team like Spurs, who managed to find 20 million to facilitate a loan for Bale, you know, big money on Ndombele, you're going to see more austerity cuts. And he's right, the basics of life weren't there. And this has ramifications. Jose also said, I can only apologise to the Tottenham supporters. I hope they feel the same way I feel. Today is live or die and in this moment we die. Exactly, you're dead. You're dead. You know, it's soldiers in the trenches. You can either say, do you know what, soldiers? Let's go and beat up the enemy. If we get sniped, if we get grenaded, if I lose a limb, if I die, it is what it is. But man's not shook. It seemed like them Arsenal, them, them Spurs players, apologies, they were resigned to defeat. They knew they were getting smacked up. Hell, they even they, they didn't mind it, I'd say. Because again, I have to I have to believe that you didn't mind it because you don't put in performances like that. You know, it was the arrogance. Arrogance leads to complacency. Complacency is a killer and it leads to results like this. And you're getting rubbed out and people questioning your character and, and all of these sort of things, which you deserve it because you're not being serious. Moving away from that, though, he said... Um, for the respect I have for my career and my job, every match is important. For every Spurs fan at home, every match matters. Another attitude is needed. What I feel is much more than sadness. And this is a problem I feel Pochettino had to deal with his Spurs players towards the end. Some of those players are poison, you know. Some of those players need to go. Forget the ability. Some of these players have played under two managers now and they do the same thing. You know, you don't think some of these players know that there's going to be more questions. It's easier to get rid of one manager than the players as much as the outlet is. You know, I see it at Arsenal and I'm gonna you're gonna see it at Spurs. Certain players are gonna hide behind players that are underperforming, but they know you know the players that you know are gonna be the talking points and the skate and I'm sure the Spurs fans know the 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 scapegoats, you know, the key players and the scapegoats. Certain players clock that I can hide behind that. Certain players can't fight, certain players won't fight, certain players just don't know how to fight people. And I see that at that football club. And I feel sorry for uh, as much as I banter Spurs fans and I banter the mandem and that I feel sorry for them because you can't change anything, you know. The most, the, the one thing I think you should see in every player is just some damn right desire. And I can't say everybody in that team looked like they had desire. And it's a frustrating week for Spurs. Amazing for us because you're out, though. You know, we're, we're the only team in Europe in North London. Don't get it twisted. You know, there's two teams in London still in Europe, really and truly. It is what it is. Moving away from that, though, people. Um... He also said, I just left the Dynamo dressing room where I went to praise the, the guys and I feel sorry it is not my team who won the game based on attitude and compromise. I feel more than sad. Football is not just about players who think they have more quality than others. The basis of football is attitude. They beat us on that. And this is telling me, again, everything I'm saying, this is what Jose is believing because he's saying you lot are some big, you lot think you're big time Charlies and you ain't, you ain't done nothing big time, you know. And for Harry Kane, what, he's 28, 29, it's another year with the prospect of no significant trophy. Um, you know, Loris, Loris, Hugo Loris, who hasn't been playing amazing, he had something to say as well. He said, um, it's a disgrace. I hope everyone in the dressing room feels responsible. The taste of defeat is more painful, is more than painful, apologies. And we are all responsible. We are a club full of ambition, lol. But at the moment, it, it, um, at the moment is a reflection of what's going on in the club lack of basics lack of, fundament, of fundamentals mentally we should be stronger and more competitive I think that's pretty damning and I think Daniel Levy probably spit out his coffee if he sees that don't get twisted Loris is part of this part of it as well but you know it's true 
you know, lack of fundamentals, lack of basics, no real direction, I would say, with Spurs, you know, a bit of complacency, you know, I I, I find Spurs a bit of a special club, like, you're complacent without fucking doing anything, like, it's almost like, yeah, power shift, where, you know, we're this, we're that, obviously, in the last sort of year, two years since Jose's come in, it's less of that, but it's almost like we've arrived now, one of the best in the league, where well, you might be on current form, but no, you're not, you ain't done nothing. And, it, and, and you get that with some of these players. And I can't lie, I was hearing a lot of these players generally proclaimed as demigods, more or less, with the language. And the energy is different, you know. The energy is different. Other clubs would have got even worse than this, really and truly. You know, you've got, you've got to put up or shut up. And, and they, they're not, they, you know, they're doing chat too much chatting. And he also said, at this level, when you are not ready, you pay. If you don't respect the opponent, it's punished. The blame is all on the team, all the club. We are all guilty. I can't add anything on to what Lloris is saying. The way we play is just not enough. One thing is to come in front of the camera and say I'm ambitious. The other is to show it every day. To behave as a team is the most difficult thing in football. If you follow the team only when you're in the starting eleven, that can be a big problem. And today is the consequence of that. We had great moments in the past because we could trust the togetherness in the team. Today, I'm not sure about that. That's very damning from him, people. With that as well, you know, you heard Spurs were doing their thing defensively and offensively and whatnot. They've actually failed to keep a clean sheet in 13 of their last 14 Europa away games, people, including conceding in all five such games under Jose Mourinho. Any talk of sacking Jose Mourinho for me isn't going to happen because, again, they're not going to... There's nothing... It all depends, in it? They could do it in May. But I'm sure there's small hope that mathematically you can twang the top four. You've still got a cup, a cup at the end. But again, it comes down to the fact that there's no break clause in his contract. There's significant length. He would have to be handsomely compensated. And again, handsomely contemplated, contemplate, cons, um, compensated handsomely people. And if you're going to do that, you need a plan. Because you can't, you know, Levy is not going to sack Jose in the cost that comes without having the next manager lined up, whether that's Guzman allegedly who they want. Um, and things like that and it's going to be expensive and you know Jose can't complain you know he's had a better transfer window than 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 Poch I think he spent 90 odd mil he's been allowed to run the rule over his team you know people were saying that Spurs had a good summer you know in in time that's come people have seen Hoiberg is an extremely limited footballer and extremely overrated um they've seen Doherty is a fraud you know the man Vicinius has been cool in, in what they've asked him to do but he's had a decent window every, every, regardless of what the players has what Jose can't complain about is is, is his squad in, in my opinion at times because you are, everything you asked for, Levy gave it to you. You know, for, regardless what you think about the player, you got a striker, you got a midfielder, you got a centre half, you got a right back, and it's not been enough. You know, I, I can't lie. I have the last two defeats I've seen from Spurs. I think it's the players from. I think the players. You know, Jose North London derby. Yeah, you can get at the tactics. I feel, you know, they didn't do a lot. They tried to do what they did in the first leg and it uh, first game against us, and it didn't bang. So you can ask Jose questions, but you don't play a North London derby like that if you're if you're switched on. You know, you made sure you make sure you at least score in this away game if you're switched on. And I didn't see that. So as much as I, I can talk about Jose's this, that and the other, I think players in football get get away with too much because of the simple fact is it's easier to get rid of Jose than to sell all these players and or at, or at any other club. Tottenham are the first English side to take a 2-0 lead into the second leg of a European knockout tie and failed to progress since Manchester City did such against Monaco in the last 16 of the Champions League in 2016-17. This is the third time Jose has lost the Europa League 
um, competition. You lost a match in the in Euro in Europa or European competition. Sorry, by a free goal margin. That last happened when he was also playing for Spurs against, managing Spurs um, against Leipzig, and also in 2013 against um, Borussia Dortmund for Real Madrid. Um, Osik has become just the second player to score a hat trick against Tottenham in in major European competition. People after Gnabry obviously scored four against them in the group stages of last season's Champions League. Um, so yeah, it's all terrible for Spurs, and it's enjoyable to see such people. Don't get it twisted. I might sympathise with the fans, but keep it up, Spurs. You're doing fantastic. The dare is to do, you know. Got a cock, got got a cock as your club's emblem. It says it all about the football club. Um, but anyways, banter aside, moving to a North London club now. Now, like I said, a mixture of the fact that we're through based on the first leg and Spurs losing, it takes a lot of shine off Arsenal. But if I'm real with you, isolated to that 90 minutes, I'm not happy. It's the first time in the Europa League in 25 attempts we haven't scored. It's another game in all comps where I haven't seen a clean sheet. It's another cheap goal. Um, careless in possession. Not asking any questions of the of the, of the the opponent. Regular themes, not managing the game well for 90 minutes. Regular themes for the last few weeks and last few months, whether we've won, lost or drawn. So isolated to that 90, I'm not happy because, again, I saw too much complacency in my team. It was a bit of arrogance. It almost looked like... And it's the wrong sort of arrogance and handbrake. Like, what I would have wanted to see, people, if it was a thing like... Oh, cool. You know, we've got, you know, we're going through. Let's try some things. Let's hold on to the ball a bit quicker. Let's do a little skills. Let's try it. You know, let's do some things. Let's players that are coming into the team. Let's try and show the manager what I'm on sort of thing. I didn't see that. I saw too much arrogance. I saw too much. Yeah, we're okay. We're through. And I think that that trans that transpires into your game, whether you want to admit it or not. That's why when midfielders are holding on to the ball too long, we're struggling to play five yard passes. We're not shooting. There's no fluidity. We're conceding cheap goals. We're not taking the chances we are presented. You know. Man, man, certain man don't even know the offside rule, you know. Bellerin's the only one that was switched on. There was one long ball that Leno saved our bacon. Everybody stuck there putting their hands up. He's onside. You lot of professional footballers, do you not know the offside rule? Fix up. So again, it's very concerning. We might go through and in the grand scheme of things, that 90 minutes, it don't mean much. But my manager sat there and said, we've learned our lessons from Olympiacos. I've seen two games against Benfica now. I've seen two games against Olympiacos. You know, four games of football when we haven't done, we haven't been as good as I would like for the whole duration of any of these games. So I'd say we're not. And if you do a lot of this against the teams that we might draw today in the Europa League, you're going out, you know. And just in terms of our form in all comps, it's not helping, you know. If we start well, we don't finish well. I mean, if we, yeah, if we, if we, if we, are slow to get into a game, we, we we finish well. You know, we don't play well for the whole 90. Yes, there was a bit of rotation. I'm not accepting that because I think the squad was good enough to do something out there. Um, I did think as well, obviously, you lose a lot of fluidity with the changes. Um, but I would have thought there's enough reason for to play. You know, El Nene, you're barely getting in the lineup. Go and show Arteta why you should. Sabayos, the last two games you've made mistakes in the Europa League. You made it three times lucky today, but you had an opportunity. I thought Sabayos actually was doing all right until that. Um, so nobody took their chances. You know, I'm not getting at Arteta. The only question mark I would personally ask of, our, of Arteta. Sorry, people. One second, people. The charge has gone out.
Sorry, people. It looked like the, it looked like I apologize for that. It looked like the the laptop was gonna die. I've got my charger in. I didn't even realize um <laughs> that that it wasn't fully plugged in. But as as I was saying, people like there was enough reason. I look at certain man out there. You had you're barely getting lookings in it. Like listen, Abamian, you're a villain based on what's happened off the field. You was dead. El Nene was dead. You know. Jaco looks tired and Jaco's played the last 16 or so games, played 90 minutes. You know, Smith Rowe looked knackered towards the end. Teeny looked knackered towards the end. Do you, you know, it's a bit annoying. And this is where these players need to understand how every game at this point ties in. You know, if you did your job in the first half of this game, by the 60th minute, I definitely wanted to see Smith Rowe and Teeny off. That could save some legs. You know, I don't know if Saka's going to be involved on on against West Ham, but that's one of the only positives I'll say is that he weren't involved in this game. So we've struggled and we've made it harder than it needs to be. And it's, you know, we've made it easier for the opposition. You know, they've got three, three victories at the at the Emirates against us now. El Arabi scored, you know, in three consecutive games against us. And he's now just one of um, four players to do such, you know. And to be fair, you wouldn't even mind being four players on this list, people. Could you not guess such? I'll give you a clue. Think of the obvious. Don't overthink the question, people. Like I said, El Arabi is the fourth Arsenal player to score three consecutive um, goals against us in a major European competition. There's three other names. I'm telling you, you can get this, people. Don't overcomplicate it. Two are left-footers. I know you got one, so I'm going to say Lionel Messi is one. He did it in March 2016. Who's the other left-footer? Good. Hey, shout out to those of you who said Iron Robin because Iron Robin did so in March 2017, a year after Messi. And then there was a right footer. I'll give you a clue. He was meant to join Blackburn until an ash cloud meant he couldn't go on the plane. He said one of his idols growing up was ironically to Yeri Henry. He's one of the most lethal marksmen in, in, in the world. If you don't know it's Lewandowski, you should know. So Lionel Messi, Iron Robin and Robert Lewandowski are with Yusuf El Arabi um, for scoring in three consecutive matches against us in European competition. And he should have probably scored before that. Leno saved us. So, yeah, it was too complacent. It was lethargic. We didn't ask questions, you know, where... We're just forcing it over on the left-hand side. Our right-hand side is non-existent with Mr. Hector Bellerin. You know, at this point, I'm not going to waste any more breath on Bellerin. Pepe was back to his old tricks, in my opinion. He definitely should have got, had an assist for, for Aubameyang. Aubameyang was in an open space, elected not to give it to him. And then, obviously, we messed up. Aubameyang had two clear-cut chances at least to score. Odegaard came off the bench and probably our best player added something, but even he should have scored. You know, we did have minimal chances to at least bag and we didn't do it. So it's a poor game which has the context of this individual game might not mean much, but it's the same game where it's parallels, you know, between how we've been winning and losing games and we made it harder than it needs to be, you know. And I, for me, our season's on the line with this thing. Like we might, We're probably not going to win Europa, but this is the only sort of glory you can get. Bloody play like it. You can't afford to be complacent, you know. Keep up the good mentality and the good spirit because now I don't know what you're going to do against West Ham. And now, you know, we've played twice in a week. Certain players have played substantial minutes when it didn't need to be that. In an ideal world, it would have been great just to see, you know, the Martinelli's, etc. On that, you know, that's the only thing I think Arteta got wrong. He took too long with the subs. He really took too long with the subs, especially, I'd say especially Odegaard, but I'd say Martinelli as well, really and truly. Martinelli should have had an assist. His decision-making let him down in the in the game. But still, he could have made something happen, people. This is the first time that both Arsenal and Spurs have lost a game on the same day in all of European competition. 
Who cares though? Because Arsenal have made it to the quarterfinals for the fourth time in their five Europa League slash UEFA Cup campaigns, people. As you lot know, sadly, we lost in the last 32 last season. Um, Arsenal have now sadly conceded in each of our last 11 games in all comps, people, which is our longest run without a clean sheet since a run, a stretch of 14 matches between October and December 2019. For me, it did tell me again that, you know, you can't score when you need to. You know, you're not clinical when you need to. You're not really respecting your your home pitch because, again, you're losing at home. Um, I'd say there are old players in this team. There's players that are, are old by footballing terms, are experienced because of games played. I don't think, I think regardless of that, I don't think there's mature players in this football team because the mindset of this football club is way too volatile, game in, game out, day in, day out. And what I didn't like, I don't mind people demanding more, but... I, I, saw, I think we can all see the difference between demanding more and damn right moaning. I'm seeing square passes and the person who's played the poor pass is saying it's not my fault. The person who, despite it's a poor pass, has a poor first touch is saying it's not my fault. I'm seeing too much moaning. I'm seeing Leno, David Luiz, Aubameyang, you know. Everybody, and it's not just them. Everybody's Mo Pepe. Everybody moaning, Tierney. Everybody moaning with each other, moaning at each other, you know. You need to stop that itch boy stuff. Replace the itch with a B and you'll get exactly what I'm referring to and fix the hell up, people. Um, it is what it is, though, man. Arsenal have sadly lost as many home games against Olympiacos as they have to Bayern Munich, people, which is our joint most heavy defeats in our history with three. Arsenal have lost six, lost eight, sorry, and won six of our last 15 knockout ties at the Emirates in European competition. Arsenal have at least scored two goals in eight of their last nine Europa League matches this season. And with obviously that being said, people, you know, before we get into Man United, the Europa League quarter finalists, you've got Ajax, Arsenal, Dynamo Zagreb, Granada, Manchester United, Roma, Slavia, sadly, who I want to go out after that racism nonsense, and Una Emre's Villarreal. You can't disrespect any of the teams, but it does allow you to dream a bit more as more teams go out for all clubs. Now, Manchester United, you know, they won. You know, it's been a, a, a bit of a nervous 180 minutes of football between trips to Italy and playing at home, but they did their job. You know, there's a, bit, a, bit, a couple of nervous moments in both games, you know, but they did what they needed to do. Pogba, the hero, you know, Paul Scholes said it was too early to bring on Pogba. Lo and behold, sometimes Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the fans might, might have a clue what he's doing, people. You know, Pogba, the hero, terrible defending, though, from AC Milan for his goal, but Pogba scores, you know. Pogba scored better goals than that, but I don't know in, in context of games if it's as important in that and in the impact isolated. You know, like I said, man, come off the bench. On on paper, they're going out because of the away goal. So again, Pogba done his thing. Pogba's the hero, and I'm sure some people, you know, Pogba's one of those sort of players. You love him, you hate him. He draws speculation. I'm sure there were some United fans that were saying sell him now, singing his praises and stuff like that. So he's the hero. You know, he's. He was getting back into form and injury, you know, robbed him of that. To see that he was on the bench, he came on, done his thing. As From a neutral point of view, I'm happy to see Paul Pogba because the man is... is What's the word, man? You know, you, sometimes he's played poor like everybody and by all means criticise, man. But by, what I don't like is expecting man to be the messiah and, and a club like Man United, the biggest, you know, biggest club in, in England, potentially the world. Paul Pogba, in the same way that what, not one singular manager or player is going to turn things around, but... Let's not get into that. It's irrelevant, man. Man United did the job, you know, 1-0 to them, 2-1 on aggregate, did what they needed to do. It's as simple as that. They advanced to the latter stages of the competition. You know, they're still in the FA Cup. They're still in the Europa League doing what they need to do. And with that, 
you know. You'd imagine Oli Solskjaer's got to got got to get through because you could imagine, you know, after messing up in the Champions League, after making, you know, certain semi-finals harder than it needed to be, you'd imagine he's got to keep going in the Europa League because if they if they don't qualify via the top four, then I'd imagine Oli Solskjaer is going to get sacked. I know there's been talk of a new deal. That being said, though, Man United are still, it's all a lot to play for. They can still, forgive me if I'm wrong, I'm sure they're still in the FA Cup. I could be wrong. We're going to, it's FA Cup action this weekend. But I'm sure they're still in the FA Cup. They're still in Europa. Mathematically, they can still get top four, in my humble opinion. So, it's still a decent year and I'm, I think it's way too premature to be giving Ole Gunnar Solskjaer a new deal or just giving him a new deal anyways, but it is what it, it is what it is in that regards, man. On that, you know, big up Dean Henderson. He's been given an opportunity because of De Gea's been out for a minute now um, due to, you know, COVID measures and, and, you know, segregating himself and obviously he went back to um, Spain and that. But Dean Henderson, who's in the England squad, has kept 11 clean sheets and just 18 appearances for United in all comps this season. One more than De Gea has actually registered in his 29 games, people. He's got 10 clean sheets. De Gea, Dean Henderson has 11. Um, Man United have progressed from each of their last two knockout ties with Milan in European competition, having been eliminated in each of the four ties beforehand. Paul Pogba has scored his second ever goal as a substitute for Man United in what was his 31... 31st, sorry, appearance off the bench for the club. Um, Man United fans listening, what was the... You know, he's only done it twice, that's one. What was the other time he came off the bench to score? Five, four, three, two, one. He did it in September 2020 against Brighton, people. Good, big up the people who got that right. If you got it wrong, you got it wrong, innit? So, yeah, man, it's good news for Man United. It's great news for Arsenal because of what happened with Spurs. It's sad times for Spurs. It's unfortunate what happened to Rangers and obviously um, the talking points. And I'm sure you all saw, man, Dylan um, um, Roof, sorry, not Dylan Roof, Roof, uh, that challenge, it's, a, it's an accident, but it literally scarred up my man's face, the keeper's face, the keeper's, oh, his face is collapsed. His face is finished. But anyways, people, it is what it is in that regard. Um... So I start. I did it a bit different, you know. We've spent a large, significant period actually talking about um, talking about the Europa League people. Now let's get back into the Champions League. Let me get my scroll down to my Champions League stats. As you lot saw, you know Benzema saved the day for Real Madrid. Atlanta didn't do what they did in the first leg. Um, yeah, man. Manchester City, you know, Kevin De Bruyne with his left peg, absolute madman. Chelsea did their job and did what they needed to do. Let's start with Chelsea, people. As you lot saw, Chelsea did what they needed to do in the competition. Thomas Tuchel keeps going. And Chelsea, you know, I'm sure the, the more you keep going in the competition, the more you start to believe, you know, Quickly running, quickly running through, quickly running through the results of the Champions League this weekend, this, this week, sorry. Real Madrid go through 4-1 on aggregate after winning after after obviously winning 3-1 against Atalanta. Wait, is that legit? Yeah, they did do that against Atalanta. It feels like we didn't. Muriel scored an absolute beauty of a free kick. Um Man City are through 4-0, 2-0 against um Gladbach. Um Bayern Munich are through 2 um 6-2 on aggregate. They won 2-1. Chelsea won 3-0 on aggregate. So yeah, Chelsea won this week 2-0 against Atletico. Bayern Munich 2-1 against Lazio, 2-0 Man City versus Gladbach and 3-1 to Real Madrid. Starting with Real Madrid, people, I think, you know, 
Atalanta just didn't simply put just didn't have what they what they should have had people I think you all saw the clinic from Luka Modric and, and Tony Crows. I feel Atlanta didn't offer nothing they had a lot of possession there was a lot of smoke they weren't fire you know Muriel and Zupata when he came on picking up the ball in stupid areas the first bit of chance a bit of sniff that I'd say Muriel had that goal he made it count in my opinion and it was a fan it was fantastic in that regards people um so shout out to Muriel um fantastic free kick ultimately it means nothing you know Sergio Ramos stepped up to score a penalty Benzema did what he needed to do as Asensio added insult to injury obviously Vecinius Jr I think he had a good game but to get to that next level my bro you've got to improve that decision making it's quite terrible there was one incident I'm sure you've all saw it Darted past everybody in the team, people. Done it all right. Similar to Aubameyang yesterday, actually. Done everything right. Just needs to use his instep. And not that I can tell professional footballers about finishing, but you can see it's the wrong surface. He's tried to side poke it through and he's completely missed the target. And it gives fuel to the fire when you see clips like Benzema saying, don't pass to him. Um, but yeah, man, he's got to improve to hit the next level. But Real Madrid did what they needed to do. Um, Chelsea, another professional job in my opinion on Atletico, you know, two uh, fantastic counter-attacks, the first one as a result of Trippier, I can't remember how the second one developed but it is what it is, even hudson Adoy off the bench could have scored, one criticism I'd say, um, shout out to super sub Emerson for scoring as well, um, the second um, Pulisic tried way too hard for me you know I understand that you're being starved of minutes you had your start against Leeds it didn't bang I think he's trying bang he's trying way too hard I think he was being way too greedy way too individualistic and if I was Chelsea regardless of if he didn't play substantial minutes or not I'd be angry Pulisic trying way too hard a bit too selfish in my opinion Callum Hudson-Odoi he's got to learn to be clinical you only played a couple moments but you had a fantastic chance to score you've got to be ruthless um, generally I think Chelsea worked a number obviously no Jorginho no Mount no Tammy Abraham Giroud on the bench you know key players not involved in any not that Tammy's under Tuchel but the squad isn't as strong as it could be a professional job Chelsea never looked in doubt you know Atletico they look poor man I can't believe they're top of the league if they're playing like that I know their last 10 games have been a bit shaky but they offer nothing they don't even half on path you know, Chelsea didn't have to do. Chelsea didn't have to be superb to beat them. Chelsea scored those two goals because Atletico was stupid and got hit on the counter attack. And I'm not criticizing Chelsea. That's a fantastic job. That's a professional job from the Blues, really and truly. But I was a bit disappointed by by Simeone's team, and I don't know what Savage was on. You know, again, again, a bit disgraceful with the way they're acting, really and truly. You know, your team is going out. You're there doing WWE. You're getting being given a red card. You're taking forever to come off the field. You're trying to finesse Rudiger like Rudiger won't knock two bells out of you, pussy old. But um, carrying on, yeah. Chelsea did what they needed to do. You know, I think Havertz had a good game. You know, Werner worked really hard as well. He worked really hard for their first goal. I did think Casper is lucky a penalty wasn't given. I know people say it's soft, but do you know why I'd say he's guilty? It's the intention. He's clocked. I've made up. Look at it, people. He's made a poor first touch. He's pulled by man. He's you know your obstruction. You're not supposed to do that. Is it a soft penalty? Yes, but by the letter of the laws, I do think Atletico should have had a penalty. I've seen penalties given for less. Um, so yeah, man, I did think Chelsea did what they needed to do. Shout out N'Golo Kante because, you know, Mount's played very well for Chelsea. People swore that Mount is the end of his career at Chelsea. N'Golo Kante the same. You know, I don't know if Kante played today because, um, well, I say today. I don't know if Kante played because Thomas Tuchel believes that that is the best option or is it because Jorginho weren't there. Either way, Kante was playing very well. They made Kante, they made Kante. 
Kante's there to primarily win the ball back, but they made him look like a complete midfielder, in my humble opinion. You know, Hakim Ziyech obviously scored as well, and he ain't really been firing no cylinders for Chelsea, so I'm sure that gives him some confidence. Statistically, Kante recovered possession of the ball 13 times against Atletico people. That's the most recoveries by a Chelsea player in the Champions League um, since um, somebody did 13 against Barcelona in February 2018. Any clues as to see who done that, people? N'Golo Kante like, so he did it twice against Spanish opposition he's got their number it seems to be lucky number 13 currently statistically for Chelsea and they are unbeaten in 13 games under Thomas Tuchel in all comps people the longest ever unbeaten start by a manager for the Chelsea's a man says for the Chelsea's I'm gonna, I like that 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 term for the Chelsea's in their history people Savic you know um, it received his third Champions League red card people only Zlatan Ibrahimovic Sergio Ramos and Edgar Davies all with four have had more in the competition four of Hakim Ziyech's seven goals in the Champions League have been scored against Spanish opponents he's got two against Real Madrid one against Valencia and he's obviously added to it when Chelsea played Atletico now for Borussia Dortmund, man said Borussia Dortmund. I'm looking at a Jude Bellingham thing in another in another tab. For um, Gladbach, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Gladbach, they lost against Manchester City two goals to nil. Fantastic counter attack for Gundogan's goal. Fantastic strike from Kevin De Bruyne for his goal. Business as usual. The quadruple talk is getting stronger and stronger for for Man City, and you can't really blame them because there's absolute ammunition to it right now Man City have only conceded once in eight UEFA Champions League matches this season the joint fewest of any side after eight games um along with Ajax in 95-96 who had one in eight as well Man City have won 24 of their last 25 games in all comps since that 1-1 draw against West Brom people City's 24 wins um are at least seven more than any um than any other side has managed in all comps in the top five European, European leagues. Man City are the third team, only the third team in UEFA Champions League history to keep seven consecutive clean sheets after AC Milan, which had seven in April 2005. And there was a team who had 10, which ended in 2006. Any clues? I'll give you a clue. It's the team you least expect. Arsenal. 2006, I'm pretty sure, you know, the bulk of that was because of our run to the Champions League final. We kept a clean sheet against Villarreal, saved a penalty, I'm sure. Kept a clean sheet against Juventus, kept a clean sheet against Real Madrid. Yo, and look at the 11s we were starting with. I, Arsenal used to be 30 people. Um, not only is Il Ilkay Gundogan Manchester City's top goal scorer this season with 15 goals, he's now the top scoring German player within the top five European divisions in all comps, people. Phil Foden has been directly involved in 20 goals in all comps this season, 11 goals and 9 assists, at least 8 more than the closest under-21 player for a Premier League club, which is Bakayo Saka with 12. Um, to be fair with you, you know, he's only played a thousand more games than, than Saka. I have to be a bit a, a bit of an agenda. Um, finally, on, on Manchester City people, Kevin De Bruyne has 25 goals from outside the area in all comps for Manchester City. Have have five of there's certain players at my team. Have they even got five goals for Arsenal from midfield inside the area? It must be nice, man. I'm jealous of Man City. You know, you got Phil Foden doing all of that, Kevin De Bruyne doing all of that. 
you know, your top goal scorer is a midfielder, not even a striker. Like, I'm jealous, man. I'm mad jealous. It is what it is. Going back to the Real Madrid game, people, I forgot to mention, big up Karim Benzema because he broke hearts. But on that topic, he's scored at least 15 more goals than any other Real Madrid player in all comps this season. I think he's got 21. Casemiro's got six. Um, his opener in the Champions League, as you lot know, people, places him fifth in the Champions League goal-scoring charts and it gave him his landmark 70th Champions League goal. And that tells you everything you need to know about how good Benzema is as a person. And I mean, as a footballer. Moving away from that, though, there isn't too much news, people. And let's get into other news. Um, as you lot know, the winners of the Scottish title next season are set to earn an automatic place in the Champions League for the following campaign. This is due to Ukraine's remain, you know, this is due to defeats for Ukraine's remaining two representatives in Europe on Thursday. That means they cannot overtake Scotland in 11th in 11th place in the UEFA standings, regardless of Ajax of, of Rangers' exit. That means people, as long as next season's European champions qualify for the Champions League through their domestic league, Scotland will get a direct place. So it is what it is. Gareth Southgate, we're going to get into his England squad, but apparently he says footballers should be offered the coronavirus vaccine soon because of the risk of playing due to the pandemic. And we've known some players have actually haven't been released by their clubs to play. Like Jude Bellingham's been named in the squad, but there's sort of things and red tape around Borussia Dortmund. So I don't know if he'll be allowed to actually represent England. And sadly, through no fault of his own, because he's been playing well, his squad, his place in the England squ squad at this moment, it just seems to be nothing more than a symbol because he actually can't play. Um, going back to the, going back to England, people, and yes, there is injuries. You know, Pickford, Sanjo, Madison, Barnes, Grealish, these sort of guys. There's more. They're injured in it, so it's impacted the team. But the England team's been announced, and I will say before I, I, I speak, I would say I know it's March. I know. Southgate has to test out a couple of players and see what what's what. But I just think there's too much experimentation from Southgate. And it being March and the competition being in, what, June, July, you should know the bulk of this side right now. Um, and some of the names are concerning. But I'm going to just say the names first and then get into my opinions. Like I said, when you look at the, you know, Barnes, Madison, Grealish, pardon me, Sanjo, and you can, not for me, but include Pickford in general, you know, these players not being there might raise eyebrows. So make, so make of that what you will. But as you lot can see here, people, Dean Henderson in goal, Sam Johnson, Nick Pope as the goalies. Our defenders are Ben Chilwell, Connor Cody, Eric Dyer, Reese James, Harry Maguire, Tyrone Mings, Luke Shaw, John Stones, Kieran Trippier, Kyle Walker. In midfield, we don't know if he's going to be able to play, but you've got Jude Bellingham, Phil Folden, Jesse Lingard, Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, James Ward-Prowse. Up front, you've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Marcus Rashford, who I think picked up a knock yesterday. Um, Saka's actually not fit as well, so I don't know if he can actually represent England at this moment in time. But Rashford's there, Saka's there, Kane's there, Calvert-Lewin's there, Raheem Sterling's there. And they've gone with Ollie Watkins. Now, I think that tells me that Ollie Watkins is the closest in terms of wildcard strikers. When you look at him, Bamford, you know, Wilson, once upon a time, man was saying, could he get a call out? And all of these sort of things. You know, Ollie Watkins, based on what allegedly Southgate likes to play, I understand he can press. Not too sure if he warrants being in there. You know, I, I, to, me, to be honest, I'll be real with you lot, people. I think if Danny Ings was still scoring goals, I'd consider him, but I probably wouldn't take him. You know, Ings, Wilson, Bamford, you know, these sort of guys, I can't lie to you. With respect to them, I'd rather just bring another midfielder. I can't cap. I can't cap because you've got Sterling that can do the job. You've got Rashford that can go out there. You've got Kane who's going to play, 
you know, Calvert-Lewin's there. Obviously, Tammy Abraham's not fit as well. He Even though he ain't been playing and setting the world alight right now at Chelsea um, under Thomas Tuchel, he'd probably be in here. So, so, injuries have impacted it. When I look at this lineup, people, um, again, Chilwell's a bit lucky to be there, but who else is there really and truly? I don't understand Conor... Listen, I'm not the biggest fan of someone like Michael Keane, but I definitely feel Michael Keane deserves to be there ahead of Conor Cody. Again, people are there on past laurels. I'm, I'm targeting Conor Cody, but I don't understand how Dyer's there. When was the last time my man started in, in the Prem for Spurs? You know, Reese James is there. Don't think he set the world alight, but he's he gets called up for me. As you lot can see, there's no Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think Southgate's acting up, not doing that. I don't know what he's playing at with that one. But I understand the logic. He want you know he wants the penny to drop and wants him to work hard going into the, the tournament. He's clearly he's capping. He's clearly gonna call Trent up for the Euros in it. Southgate ain't got the bottle to 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 rub him out if he keeps playing exactly like this. So this is just hoping the penny drops sort of thing. You know, spare a thought for you could say Tariq Lamptey, but I would say for James Justin, he'd probably be in the England under twenty one, but you know, I definitely feel he would deserve a looking in this regards, people. And, you know, I'd say to Maitland-Niles, you see what happens when you try to do the midfield thing? Because if you were still playing right back, you know, you got a call up. I see people like Lingard in that team. It seems like Southgate's messing with guys he knows and trusts to a degree. You could have got an England call up. You know, unpopular opinion, I don't really see the Mings hype, all the Konza hype, but I, I I think Konza deserves to be there as much as Mings, but you can't bring both of them. Um, we're really, I, I don't see how Michael Keane's not there. And again, I don't rate Michael Keane. I just feel he's really been making me eat humble pie all season. And therefore, I don't feel that everybody here has been playing better than man. I think Maguire's there on reputation. Conor Cody's there based on past laurels. Eric Dyer is there for... Psh, I don't know if he gets the loud in for Southgate or something, but I don't know why he's there. I will say Luke Shaw, after a two-year exile, he's worked very hard and he deserves his flowers and he deserves to be in that England team, as does John Stones, you know. The John Stones at one point couldn't get away in this in this, in this this City team and now everybody's pro proclaiming him as the best thing since sliced bread. Kyle Walker's there, you know, he's, he could be used as a centre-half if we go back to the back three. You know, you've got Trippier, he's been all right for, for Atletico, I feel, this season prior to the suspension and definitely not based on the last game at Chelsea you know he doesn't he doesn't do well at the bridge um is what it is that's how I feel in relation to the defenders in midfield I'm happy to see Ward Prowse getting a call up you know just based on merit deserves that gives us something from set pieces Declan Rice deserves to be there I'm a big fan of Calvin Phillips so he's nice to see he's fitting there Mason Mount deserves his place Lingard, to be fair, Southgate said Lingard's lucky to be there, but again, it doesn't send a good message out to me. Phil Foden, Jude Bellingham can't really complain. Up front, again, I'd more probably what midfielder I don't know, but I don't think there's a need for Ollie Watkins there. That being said, he's an Arsenal man in terms of who he grew up supporting, so I hope he comes on and scores and does what he needs to do. Um, in relation to Trent, Southgate said, I don't think he has played to the level he found in the last couple of years, but I think he's getting close to that now. He has taken steps in the right direction. I made the same call to Kyle Walker and to Kieran Trippier in the past, and their response was a good one. I am certain Trent will be a big part of the future, which is true. Obviously, there's no Henderson as well due to injury. I can't lie, man. I would have still brought Trent. I think he deserves to be dropped because he's been dead, but... You know, I can, you could even use him in midfield. I just think Southgate's trying to do the Jose thing. Is bro, that's not you. You're good. You just call up the players, innit? He's he's always gonna call up people like Lingard. To be fair, he did say in Lingard, Jesse of the three is a bit more fortunate to be in. Luke and John have performed over a period of time. 
you know, and he said, we've got injuries in attacking areas that have opened up an opportunity for Jesse, but I have to say his performances for West Ham have been excellent. Ideally, you'd you'd be saying you have to do it for a little bit longer, but that's not been the option this time around. And to be fair, you could have called up Smith Rowe. I know he's with the under-21s, but he could have got little run out and everything there. It's unfortunate Madison's injured because, again, Lingard wouldn't be a thing. One thing I do agree with him is Luke Shaw, though he said, we often talk about coaches and managers' impact on players, but we have to give players a lot of credit. In Luke's case, he has been defending on the front foot. He's been aggressive in his defending and shows great ambition in his attacking play. We know he has the quality to do that. He has earned his place and deserves to be in. And I definitely agree with him and John Stones. They deserve it. You know, Luke Shaw deserves it. He's one of those players very... A lot of people were quick to condemn, slow to praise. He's one of those players that, you know... And to be fair, you can't blame them. What, he was given a lot of hype. He's been on the scene since he's 18. You know, a lot of people just rip, rip their, you know made their minds up on Donny already and I can't blame them. It's a long time, isn't it? It's, Luke Shaw isn't Bellerin. He's better than Bellerin, but I get the Bellerin vibes and that man have been here since they're 18. You know, you get tired of talking about Willie, won't he? Every big little bit of form. Yeah, he's back. If he, I think, you know, I think there's been an attitude change in Luke Shaw. I think he believes in himself a bit more. He's clearly looking after his body a bit more. I like, you know, I, I like Luke Shaw, man. He's he's a good player. I do think he's an England international and United quality if fit, you know, to play some part. If playing like this and like I said, him and John Stones for me, they deserve it the most because they've been playing well. And I'm a man who obviously you can't bring a whole 23, 30 man squad based on merit because you come on man. yeah come on now people you know you, you can't do that and and you can't just play favorites you need a mixture and i think these two kind of you know typify that you know and i definitely when when you want to play the way you're trying to play for england if bakayo saka isn't going to play in the left then i think you need to go with luke shaw and definitely if you're trying to play progressive football out from the back you know you haven't got a better defender at ball playing than john stones what you're going to tell me how Maguire and dyer you're going to tell me tyrone mings I think Mings really just kind of highlights the poor selection pool, talent pool England have to choose from at this moment in time. Like I said, I think Michael Keane deserves it ahead of him, maybe even Holgate to a slight degree. Well, now I'm, I'm reaching with the Holgate thing. But you get where I'm going, people. Now, again, there isn't too much keepers to choose from and Sam Johnson's probably third choice out of them and probably won't be there when Nick Pope's there, but... And I can't think of any others, but how Sam Johnson is there for West Brom, I don't know. He has made some big saves for them, but he is very suspect. Um, so, yeah, man, the only players that I think, yeah, in this squad, Jude Bellingham, Foden, Calvin Phillips, Stones, Shaw, Saka, obviously, Rashford, Sterling, Kane, they all go for me. Let me highlight players I actually would take on the plane so far. So, what, Dean Henderson's going to go. Nick Pope goes. Shaw continues this. He goes for me at left back. Uh, Chilwell again. It's, it's again. There's no other options really. But Chilwell, boy, I can't lie. You're lucky, and maybe England is a reprieve that you need people really, really and truly because it's looking gazy. It was looking gazy for you under Thomas Tuchel. So I've I've only picked about seven definites people. For me, let's exclude the keepers. For me, definite players that I would select, I would take Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips, Bellingham if fit, Declan Rice goes. I'm not sure if I've said Phil Foden, but Phil Foden, Kyle Walker, Bakayo Saka, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Raheem Sterling. Out of, I'm just saying the names that are purely here. Calvert-Lewin. You know, I like Ward-Prowse. 
But yeah, man, they're the names I'd say definitely going. So there's a lot to play for, people. But that's how I feel in relation to this England team. So that's my opinions. I'm going to get out of here. On that note, though, people, please make sure you're making sure you follow me on all the necessary platforms. All the information is in the deluded, um, the deluded podcast description. Thank you for listening. It's been a fantastic hour with you guys. We've spoken about England. We've spoken about... Um, you know, we've spoken about the Champions League in Europa. Where's my manners? I'm so I'm so keen. You see how keen I am to get out of here, people. I haven't even I haven't even spoken about everything. So yeah, there's still FA Cup games to come to come at um come at the weekend, people. Um if you're if you're still in it, which sadly Arsenal aren't, but we're still technically the holders of it. You've got Bournemouth against Southampton, a seaside derby, you've got Everton against Man City, you've got Chelsea against Sheffield United, you've got Leicester against Manchester United. So there's some tough games there, people. And again, so close. To, to the latter stages, it's the quarterfinals, people. It's the quarterfinals, so close to actually getting to the latter stages, people. So close, really and really and truly. What two rounds before the final? It's getting close, people. Man City, you can't look past them, but it's the magic of the FA Cup. Um, so I'd back Man City to beat Everton. Southampton, I'd back them to beat Bournemouth, but I feel Bournemouth might do them. Chelsea, I think, are going to stump all over Sheffield United. And I think United will beat Leicester, but who knows? In relation to the Premier League, people, if you allow me this one sec to draw it up. In terms of fixtures to come, you've got Fulham against Leeds today, Friday at 8pm, people. You've got tomorrow, Brighton against Newcastle. Sunday, you have West Ham against Arsenal. And then you have Aston Villa against Spurs. So, again, there's not too much action, people. Once again, Fulham leads, Brighton, Newcastle, West Ham, Arsenal, Aston Villa, Spurs. So, football is spread out. You've got a couple of these games. And then, obviously, you've got um, you've got the FA Cup. And uh, is, is a byproduct midweek games? No, there isn't midweek games. Next week, we play on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. So, it is what it is, people, in that regard. Um Later today, we'll obviously, if, you, if you're watching this before, make sure you're looking out because Champions League and Europa League, watch, um, Champions League and Europa League, uh, what do they call them things there again? The live draws are on and I'll be doing a watch along for that. So head over to my YouTube channel to see me live streaming. On that though, good morning. I hope you will have a solid start to your morning. It's been a fantastic hour and eight minutes. DG, I'm out.